Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey folks, it's Greg Almond with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com back here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. We are back for episode 91. More amazingly, we are back for another Victory Monday. Uh, Buccaneers coming off of a huge 28-21 uh, victory in San Diego over the Chargers. Uh, I have either been uh, awake and or on a plane for the last uh, 26 hours. Glad to be home in Tampa. Uh, took the red eye back through Atlanta. Uh, busy day yesterday. And uh, lots to recap here. Uh, your Buccaneers are in the playoffs if the season ended right now. And I know the season isn't ending right now, but your playoff picture right now would have the Bucks <coughs> in the in the playoffs as the second wild card in the NFC. They are tied with the Atlanta Falcons for... Uh, the NFC South lead. Right now, that tie break would go to the Falcons. It's it's fairly tight. They split their head-to-head meetings. They uh, Right now, the Falcons have a divisional lead, a divisional a lead in divisional games, I should say. The Falcons are 3-1 and one in division. Bucks are 2-1. and one. So if they were to both win out, that would cancel out. It would go to the next tiebreaker, which is a record against common opponents. Uh, and the Bucks can't catch the Falcons there. That's actually done for the year. Uh, it, they, they can't catch them if they're tied, if they win out. Um, so that tiebreaker would go to the Falcons. They have a 9-3 and three record in, against common opponents. The Bucks are 8-4 and four against common opponents. But uh, if they can simply outpace the Falcons the rest of the way, the division is theirs. They just need the Falcons to uh, take another loss. It was kind of wild. Uh, the 1 o'clock games, before we get to the Bucks games here, the 1 o'clock games... All went in the Bucks' favor. Like you could line up all the what you want to happen for the Bucks to do better in the playoffs, and one by one they all fell, which was incredible for the Bucks. Um, the Redskins went on to lose, so that allowed the Bucks to jump into the playoffs. But the one o'clock games, it was like the Eagles lost, the Saints lost, and then we're we're sitting in the press box I don't know, a half hour before the Bucks game starts, following the Falcons Chiefs game online. And we see that uh, the Falcons are driving uh, down five points late against the Chiefs. So we kind of have that online scoreboard. So we didn't have TV feed. But uh, we see that they are driving. And then we see that they score. So they go up. Falcons go up 28-27 with, uh, it's like 430 left in the game. And uh, obviously, if you're up one late, you go for two. Because there's really no benefit in being up two instead of being one up one with five minutes left. So you go for two to try and get yourself up three to where a field goal would only tie the game. And amazingly, Eric Berry of the Chiefs, the safety, uh, who already had a pick six in the game, uh, intercepts the two-point conversion and takes it all the way back for a pick two. And the Chiefs go ahead 29-28. They end up winning 29-28. Amazingly. Uh, and that gives the Falcons this key loss, which puts the Bucks in first place. All this had happened. So the Bucks kind of knew going in how much the rest of the league had helped them out. Uh, but obviously the biggest thing in their playoff picture is them winning against this Chargers team. Uh, they're road underdogs. 
San Diego is a team that's been in a lot of games. Some of the things we pointed out last week uh, were that this was, with San Diego, the worst second-half defense in the NFL, giving up 16 points a game in the second half, uh, and that they had led in the second half of five of their six losses coming in. So wonderful foreshadowing to uh, yesterday afternoon, Sunday afternoon in San Diego, as uh, San Diego... You know, last week, Bucks hold Seattle to five points the entire game. Tremendous defensive effort. Uh, San Diego marches down the field, 75 yards, scores in, in just over four minutes. So, Bucks defense has given up more points in five minutes than they did in 60 last week. Uh, they're up 7 nothing. Jameis Winston, first drive, uh, throws a pick on a throw to Mike Evans. So, now San Diego has the ball, chance to go up 14. Uh, they get into field goal range where it looks like they're going to get points at least. And a huge sack by Gerald McCoy. Uh, his only sack is actually only his only tackle of the day that knocked them back uh, 12 yards, made it a uh, made it a 54-yard field goal for the, for the Chargers. And uh, Josh Lambeau misses the kick. Uh, so not only is it still only 7-0, you get really good field position off of a missed long field goal. And the Bucks drove it down, got a Doug Martin touchdown. So now it's tied, and it's kind of like wow, they've completely righted the ship. That early. Uh, problem they had with with giving up a touchdown in the first drive. They've they've kind of answered that and canceled that out. Uh, Chargers go back down and score again, so it's fourteen seven. And then the low point is uh, end of the first half. Bucks are driving for a potential tying score. They stall again in the red zone, and uh, Aguayo misses a thirty one yard field goal right before the half. So instead of at least cutting it to fourteen ten, it's still fourteen seven at the half. Um, Bucks were getting the ball to start the second half, but still kind of uh, iffy with, okay, well, are they back in this game? What can they do to get the offense going? The defense has struggled to stop the dump-offs that Phillip Rivers has been throwing the whole day. And then the second half, the defense just took a remarkable step forward. Uh, offense goes against a field goal on the first drive to make it 14-10. Uh, and then the, the big play, the real turning point in this game, uh, is the Bucks offense stalls. Uh, Brian Anger, who we talked a lot about last week, being so good this season as a, as a punter for them and the first-year guy for them. Uh, Brian Anger has a 54-yard punt that they down at the 8-yard line, kind of pin him deep, and the defense steps up in a big way. Uh, Rivers makes a bad throw. Hargraves gets a hand on it. Levante David plucks it out of the air and takes it 15 yards for a touchdown. Um, that gives the Bucks the lead. <clears throat> and if you thought they were going to roll from there, you were wrong. Uh, because... The Chargers answer with a 75-yard touchdown drive and a 40-yard touchdown pass, uh, and they take the lead back. And now it's 21-17 uh, in the fourth quarter. So Bucks trailing in the fourth quarter. They have not won a game this year in which they trailed in the fourth quarter. Uh, again, the offense stalls in the red zone. They take a Aguayo 35-yard field goal to make it 21-20. Um, and then again, this, this defense steps up, gets a stop. The offense gets a touchdown. Uh, Winston hits Cameron Brait, and they go ahead 28-21. And it's still not quite over. You know this Chargers offense is pretty good. Uh, Phillip Rivers marches down the field. They get to the 31-yard line. They loft the pass to the left corner of the front pylon there in the end zone. And Keith Tandy made a great read. Hard to tell whether he read it off the alignment and told Hargraves or Hargraves read it and told him. But either way, they saw it coming. And... uh, and Keith Tandy makes his beautiful leaping interception into the end zone for a touchback. Uh, and from there, all they needed were three Jacquez Rogers. They could run out the clock. So a huge 28-21 win. 
Buccaneers are seven and five. Uh, again, would be the sixth seed in the playoffs right now. If if this is how they stay, they would open the playoffs at Detroit, uh, which is the three seed. But honestly, I mean, they're one win away from <coughs> one game away from being ahead of Atlanta, having the division lead, hosting a first round playoff game at that. Uh, the Giants also lost, so they're only one game behind the Giants for the first wild card. And the Giants play the Cowboys this week, so lots in play. And again, the Bucks haven't won four in a row since 2012. Um, you know, to get two wins in California is insane. They won at San Francisco, they won at San Diego. Bucks in their entire history, over 40 years before this season, had five total wins in the state of California. Just, just did not do well in California at all. So to get a two-game sweep in the state of California is just unreal. Um, Bucks defense, uh, we talked about them giving up that 75-yard touchdown drive. But aside from that, locked everything down in the second half. Uh, 45 total yards on 20 plays in the rest of the second half. Just just shut them down. Uh, and they did this despite a ridiculous amount of injuries. Um, you know, you look at the first play of the game, Luke Stocker, their best blocking tight end, Hurts his ankle, comes off the field, done for the game. Uh, two plays later, uh, big third down catch for Cecil Shorts. He gets hit low and, and absolutely just destroys his knee. Uh, terrible, terrible injury for Cecil Shorts. The Bucks. Uh, it looks like he might very well have multiple ligaments torn, a dislocated knee. This is a not only a season-ending injury, but puts next year in doubt for him as well. Uh, so a major, major significant injury for Cecil Shorts. Really good guy that had stepped up. Uh, and helped as a backup receiver with Vincent Jackson out. Uh, so third play in, now Shorts is gone. Uh, second quarter, Adam Humphreys hits his head on a crash pass. Another third down pass that he converted, but uh, hits his head, kind of runs into the, the leg of a defender, basically. And he's out with a concussion. So now you've lost your top two receivers, your top blocking tight end. Uh, and the guys that stepped up, incredibly. Uh, Russell Shepard played well, but the big guy that stepped up was Freddie Martino. We've talked about Freddie Martino had a touchdown in the one game uh, for his second NFL catch. So comes into the game with only two career catches in the NFL and had four on Sunday. Literally tripled his career numbers in three hours. Uh, four catches for 56 yards. Three of them came on scoring drives. Uh, some big catches. They had a third and 18 where he got a 17-yard catch. A uh, bunch of other in- in- intermediate catches where he caught everything that went his way. Only had four targets and caught all four passes. Uh, so we'll find out a little bit more today. Uh, Cecil Shorts is almost certainly a season-ending injury. They will probably call up Josh Huff from the practice squad on that. Um, if if Humphreys is out, they probably have to call up another receiver, somebody like a Dante Dye or somebody like that. Uh, after the game, we saw that Will Golston was hurt. He was on crutches with a boot on his left foot. Uh, it sounds like that might just be a sprain to his ankle. But that's something that could sideline here for a couple weeks. Uh, Will Golston had a strong game. Had six tackles. Was really involved in their run defense trying to corral Melvin Gordon. Uh, And the other injury, the fifth injury, is that Doug Martin was dinged up at the end of the game. He said he got bent back, which usually kind of means an ankle lower leg injury. Uh, So he didn't finish the game. Jacquez Rogers was the one that got the three carries at the end of the game and got a, a big run on third and one to get the first down that allowed them to run out the clock and win the game. Uh... So, a bunch of injuries to monitor there. Obviously, Doug Martin, uh, you know, he, he seems like somebody that can come back from this and not be uh, sidelined, but he wonder if he'll be 100% next week. Big game with the Saints where they're going to need all the points they can get. 
Uh, and we'll find out more on Stocker and Humphreys and Golston as the week progresses here. Uh, I want to talk about uh, overall playoff picture. Uh, Bucks again, 7-5 and five right now with four games to play. Uh, again, they can get help this weekend just as they are uh, facing the Saints. They need help. They need the Falcons to lose to the Rams. They need the Seahawks to win at Green Bay. They need the Cowboys to win at the Giants. There's lots that can help them there. Um, but anyway, lots more to get to from this uh, playoff game. It was really neat to see them go back to San Diego and get a big win. Obviously, that's the site at Qualcomm of their Super Bowl victory in January 2013. Uh, it was neat to see some of the guys from that Super Bowl, guys like uh, Shelton Quarles and others that uh, that were there and able to kind of come back to the the scene of easily the best win in Bucks history. Um, Robert Ayers, we had mentioned, had been undefeated in uh, – in his career at Qualcomm, came through uh, with a big game. He had uh, a sack, and, and the Bucks. Uh, he goes five and zero for his career now at Qualcomm. Has never lost to the Chargers at Qualcomm. Is nine and three for his career as well. Uh, a bunch of other people we talked to that stepped up and played well. We talked about Hargraves having the uh, the tip on Levante David's interception. He also stepped in as the punt returner with Humphreys out, with Shorts out. Uh, they had to just kind of throw Hargraves back there, had two returns for 14 yards, did fine there. The other interesting tweak from a lineup standpoint, uh, we had mentioned that the past game, they had kind of struggled against Phillip Rivers in the first half. Uh, so in the second half, they made a switch, took Alteron Werner uh, off the field, and uh, that allowed them, you know, going into the game, the plan was, as, as they had done very well against the Seahawks, having Grimes and Werner outside in the nickel with Hargraves inside and then having Hargraves outside in the base defense. And that kind of calls for Ver- or calls for Hargraves to have to switch in and out from inside corner to outside corner. They decided in the second half it was better to take Werner off the field, keep Hargraves as a permanent outside corner, and turn to JV and Elliott as their nickel. JV and Elliott walk on an FSU kid that played only one year of college football, uh, had made his NFL debut a week earlier in special teams, and he played a ton. He played 23 snaps, as many snaps as Alteron Werner did at nickel. Uh, didn't have any tackles. Uh, but still, for him to be out there for 23 plays and not be giving up uh, touchdowns or anything big like that, wild to see J.V. and Elliott. This team, uh, it's amazing how well they are able to trust backups and guys with little or no NFL experience to step up and handle themselves like pros under uh, difficult circumstances. Uh, Bucks got another touchdown. That go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter was uh, to Cameron Brait. Uh, that's six touchdowns this season for Cam Brait. He tied, he's, again, tied for the NFL lead among tight ends with six touchdowns. Uh, really cool. Like, Cam had a touchdown last week against the Seahawks, and he got called back. There was a illegal hands to the face on uh, DeMar Dotson, so it negated the penalty. So, Brait was funny. He talked about how he made the catch, kind of looked around for a flag, didn't see any, and then spiked the ball. Like, didn't want to have to celebrate a touchdown that didn't exist two weeks in a row. So it was funny to hear that about Cam Brait. Uh, running game for the Bucks, kind of uh, okay again, and we knew that this would be tough. Chargers had, like, the NFL's number six run defense coming in. Uh, so Doug Martin, modest numbers, 17 carries for 45 yards. Uh, it's only 2.6 a carry. Did have a touchdown and a nice second effort on that touchdown to get in and kind of stretch for the goal, uh, for the goal line, I should say. Uh, Rodgers did okay, stepping in, seven carries for 29 yards, had a big, like, 15-yarder uh, on a long third down. 
And even now, Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber didn't do much, but had a fourth and one where he converted. Uh, didn't result in points. That was on the missed field goal drive. But uh, but all three running back kind of working a little bit. Your final numbers for Jameis Winston, 20 of 30 for 280 with the touchdown to Bright. Uh Bright had a career-high 86 yards. Uh, we mentioned Martino. Very quiet day for Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans kind of uh, the focus of the Chargers defense. Uh, I think in the first half he only had three targets, finished with six for the game, three catches for 38 yards. So that's a big win for the Chargers in terms of taking Mike Evans out of the game. I have not looked closely enough to see what exactly they did to do that. Uh, you know, Casey Hayward, their corner, leads the NFL with uh, seven interceptions and had one early uh, against Mike Evans on the first drive. So maybe that kind of got them a little skittish about attacking him and going after him the rest of the game. But uh, overall, again, 20, 280 yards on 20 completions. So uh, not a bad day for Jameis. Uh, he's done a good job a couple times now of having mistakes and turnovers early, but then kind of locking down and not having turnovers the rest of the way. Um, so we will get started looking ahead here to the Saints. Uh you know, the Saints offense has been so consistently prolific all season. Uh, and they actually got shut down pretty well. Drew Brees had three picks and no touchdowns. They scored only 13 points in their loss. Uh, so the Saints are now two back from the Bucks, which helps. I think this has been a really tight, these guys are tied or these guys are within a game of each other. There'd be a lot more motivation for the Saints to, uh, to beat the Bucks, But they have to come into Tampa now. Essentially on the outside looking in. Um, there are two games out of the wild card with four to play. They can certainly help themselves by winning here. Uh, but they've lost some of their momentum. Uh, having that loss, putting a 13 up on the scoreboard. Uh, the Bucks defense will certainly be challenged against Drew Brees, but we'll get to that later in the week here. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. We will uh, be back with much more on Tuesday. Uh, perhaps some injury updates, perhaps some roster moves, and just more analysis of this big win that has the Bucks at 7-5, and five, winners of four straight, playing relevant football in the month of December. Thank you guys for listening. We'll have lots more tomorrow on Tuesday after I sleep a little bit. Uh, but thank you for listening. We'll be back. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks for listening. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.